Today is the 41st anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Pastor John, what would you like to say to those who continue laboring in the pro-life movement today? Well, first of all, let's not grow weary in this battle, this battle for life in the womb. Let's pray for strength. And if you aren't weary because you're not in the battle, open your eyes to what's happening. The Bible talks about the situation so clearly in Proverbs 24:11. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, behold, we did not know this. I'm still reading Proverbs 24:12. If you say, behold, we did not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? Will he not repay according to your works? And then Job protested in his innocence when they were accusing him of being heartless. He said, I treated my servants fairly. And and one of the reasons he gave for why he treated them fairly was Job 31.15. Did not he who made me in the womb also make him and did not one fashion us in the womb? So Job is saying already in the womb two valuable human beings were being fashioned. So God did indeed make us in the womb, Psalm 139.13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. This is God's room. This is God's workplace. We have no business intruding there to destroy what he is doing in making persons in that womb. Um, One of the most moving illustrations recently uh, of, of why killing the unborn is a heinous sin uh, is that uh, I saw John Enzer on, on a YouTube post teaching a class in China through an interpreter talk about the conception of Jesus in relation to the conception of John the Baptist. And it really was a, a, a moving experience. He pointed out that the angel came to Mary in Luke 131 and said, you will conceive and bear a son. Now, is is conceiving... Uh, conceiving a son and bearing a son. I think so. and I, I, I think it'll become clear in the context. Um, you won't just bear, but you will conceive a son. And in verse 36, the angel helps Mary believe this by saying that her barren kinswoman, Elizabeth, has conceived a son. Now here, it doesn't just say bear a son, conceived a son in her womb. So she'll not just bear a son, like he, he, he will become a son when he's born, but he's, uh, the, he's the son there. She's six months pregnant. Then it says, Mary rose in haste and went to Judah where Elizabeth was. So Mary wasn't pregnant. She's told she'll bet, get pregnant. She takes off for Judah. Uh, John suggests might take a day or two to, to walk there. And by the time she gets there, she's pregnant of the Holy Spirit. And Luke tells us in Luke one forty one that when Mary approached the baby in Elizabeth, and it says baby, <laughs> baby, the same word used in chapter 2, verse 12, you'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped for joy. Why? Elizabeth cries out, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. 
And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So the point is that John the Baptist is leaping for joy in the presence of Jesus, the Son of God, just like he will later rejoice at when the bridegroom is, is comes and, and John becomes little and Jesus becomes much. And he says, my joy is complete. Already he's experiencing that in, in his mother's womb. And Enzer, John Enzer commented that John the Baptist is about the size of your hand, <laughs> six months, six, so he held up his hand like this, so about that, those dimensions. And Jesus, he said, how big is Jesus? <laughs> and he went to the blackboard or whiteboard, and he put a dot, and he said, a lot smaller than that. <laughs> so so w- what I would say um, on this anniversary of Roe v. Wade, this, this most wicked of all Supreme Court decrees ever, Roe v. Wade, is that it's a direct assault on the Son of God. Not only because the Son of God is the creator of all children, and therefore Roe v. Wade is assaulting his person-creating rights when it, when it kills children that he's creating, but also because this law that they passed, if in force in the first century, would have endorsed the legal killing of, of Jesus in the womb, and Jesus in the womb is the Son of God. Jesus Christ was conceived as a human being, united in one person with the divine and human nature, the moment of conception. And people need to think about this. Joseph didn't get Mary pregnant, and then at some point along the way, God turns this baby into the Son of God. This baby came into being through the work of the Holy Spirit, and that's why he's called the Son of God, according to Luke. So we know that from the moment of conception, he's God. That's, that's the mind-boggling thing. And therefore, the, the union between God and man happened at conception, and, and Roe v. Wade, by implication, would say, it's just a piece of whatever, and you can take it, and it doesn't matter. So I would say every lover of the incarnation of Jesus should hate abortion and what it stands for. And I I hope that the Lord keeps us prayerful, keeps us active until the day comes when abortion will be as unthinkable as slavery is today, because it's a far more destructive action. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Pastor John. And one year ago on this podcast, we recorded an interesting little episode where you, Pastor John, explained a time when you were arrested outside of an abortion clinic. And the the episode is titled Arrests and Imprisonments in Opposing Abortion, episode number nine. Also in the archives is one very provocative episode, episode number 160, which is titled Is Abortion Like the Holocaust? That's episode number 160. And I think it's worth a listen on a day like today. Switching gears, so what if you're a single Christian man or woman, you want to get married to a godly Christian, but your church has no potential matches? Do you leave your church for another? Hmm. That's tomorrow on the Ask Pastor John podcast. Until then, I'm your host, Tony Ranke. Thanks for listening.